Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue our sermon series titled Planted. Pastor Geshom shares with us on how we are called to know whose we are and who we are. Like a tree trunk that is unique to every plant, and as it is pruned by a gardener for growth and health, we have much to grow into and learn from. Hi Church, it's such a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's Word to you today. And even before we get into God's Word, I know we've started a new series called Planted. And as we've seen over the last three weeks, I know it's been, uh, God's been really doing something in this series. In fact, God uh, must have been working in and through you, must have been revealing so much in you. And God's probably, you know, started the work in you. And even as he's working, I know this can be a little overwhelming as we are in this series. But before we dive into God's word and listen to God's word today, can we just take some time to pray so that the Holy Spirit will work in and through us even as we hear. A loving Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this time. Lord, even right now, I just pray over each and every one, Lord Jesus, who's watching our service, Lord Jesus. And even as we get into your word, I just pray that, Lord, we'll all take a moment to breathe out, Lord Jesus, all of our exhaustion, all of our uh, running around, Lord Jesus, all of our busyness, Lord Jesus. We just calm our minds, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Holy Spirit, you will minister to us. I pray that, Lord, even as we move into your word, Lord Jesus, work in our spirit, Work in our lives, Lord Jesus, so that we'll be more like you. Reveal your promises to us. Reveal your word so that, Lord, we won't be the same, but we'll be changed, Lord. And even as I speak, I pray that, Lord, it'll be you who's speaking through me. And I pray that, Lord, you will be glorified and honored. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Even as we saw in this series over the last three weeks, we saw that, you know, we are called to be on good soil. And part of being on good soil is that there is this breaking time when it comes, where the seed breaks and when the roots go in. And last week, I don't know for how many of you, uh, it's been a time where God's really been speaking and, you know, asking you to change certain characteristics, especially some things which we've just grown by. And for me personally, it's been an area where God's reminding me. God's been bringing to me so many things, even from my childhood time as to what certain things I've held on to. And God's asking, will you be able to change? And so even today, as we go on to the fourth part, we've seen uh, what it is to be on good soil. We see that the seed is important. We saw that the roots are the fundamental things for growth. And it's important that we tap into this living water. And today we are going to see all about the trunk, the stem of the plant, which is so vital. Because this is the only uh, part of the plant that actually first comes out, is first seen to everyone is is a depiction of what's happening in the dark we get to see it out right here in the field in open and it's very important because this is what will uh, you know god will start using us over time to build us to make something out of us and so even as we go into that i just want to go back into the verse we've been looking through this entire series and just read that verse it goes on to say in jeremiah chapter 17 verses 7 to 9 and i'm reading from the amplified version and it says blessed with spiritual security is the man who believes and trusts in and relies on the lord and whose hope and confident expectation is the Lord. For he will be nourished like a tree planted by the waters. 
I would like to give importance to the couple of lines that I'm reading right now that spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear the heat when it comes, but its leaves will be green and moist and it will not be anxious and concerned in a year of drought, nor stop bearing fruit. If there's one thing that holds the entire thing, the roots by which it's spread out underneath, by the it doesn't fear the heat that comes or the leaves that are green and moist and won't be anxious in a year of drought and not stop bearing fruit. The one thing that holds the entire tree together is this trunk. And so one of the beautiful things that even as we look and dive into God's word is that we're going to see that this trunk, how can this trunk, this trunk is basically us in our lifetime. How can God work in and through us in our entire lifetime? And what is it that God really wants us to do? And even as we are going deeper into this, we'll soon realize that each of us are going to look different. You know, that's a beauty. God created us each uniquely, which means that you are different. I'm different. And even everyone in this world is different. You know, there's no lookalike. You know, they, they say that, you know, we, I remember seeing someone like you, but that's not us at all. That, that wouldn't be me. They wouldn't have my characteristics. They wouldn't have some of the, the innate qualities that I have. They might just probably, the skin tone might match or probably my, the size of me might match, but not my very own characteristics, my upbringing, the way, I've, the way I process things, the way I do things. And so God is kind of like wanting to make sure that we are all unique. You know, we live by a lake which Tina repeatedly has been telling over the series. And if you look at it, each tree that grows, each plant that comes out, each small flower that, you know, just blooms is so unique. The stem is so unique. The way it, uh, you know, uh, it takes shape is unique. The way it, you know, leans onto something else is unique. Everything is so unique. And so today, one of the key important things that we have to be confident and know for the fact is that we are all unique and that this trunk that God's, you know, created us or is that we are taking shape to be is going to be one which he wants to shape us, mold us and take charge of us. And we're going to look, you know, uh, this entire sermon today is going to be based out of Psalms 1. And I'm going to take reading from Psalms 1 from the Passion Translation and it goes on to say, What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways? He won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's ways, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His passion is to remain true to the word of I am, meditating day and night on the true revelation of light. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree, planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. So the first thing today, to be healthy, you know, to be this healthy trunk in God's kingdom, the first thing that we have to understand is, are we going to remain true to who God says we are? I'm going to repeat that. Are we going to remain true to who God says we are? We just saw in verse 2, it says, His passion is to remain true to the word of I am. That is, my passion, your passion, our passion is to remain true. If we say we are followers of Christ, if we say, you know, we've made Jesus Christ our Lord and personal Savior, our passion is to remain true to the word of I am. The word of I am is no other than God above, is no other than Jesus who is the Son of God, is no other than the Holy Spirit who is living within us. 
he says we are someone and what does he say he says that we are his child and so today lot of us have so much of problems with accepting with you know realizing the fact that this is what god says that i am you know it's interesting we uh, how i know it's a real struggle is you know in marriage a few years back i was uh, telling my wife tina that you know you should start doing this and she doubted herself a lot i mean there could have been so many reasons but then it came to a point when she felt that it was this is the appointed time for her to do something and she took it up and did and many times we are like that we we time and again we know that this is what god is calling me this is what god is telling that i am but we time and again have just taken the label what everyone else around has given us i'm going to read from the amplified version again and this is what it says beautifully in psalm 12 but his delight is in the law of the lord and on his law his precepts and teachings he habitually meditates day and night he habitually meditates day and night it's important where we look and where we see and where we find our identity from today we are talking to a generation we are part of a generation we in fact are all consumers of this generation where we are looking for an identity somewhere else today honestly a lot of my generation people are worried what their digital identity actually is today the the my kids and the older generation about that are so worried what their digital identity is in the social media world we so totally want to you know touch up everything we want to make sure that we portray this perfect picture we want to po- portray this picture where you know we've got everything right there's nothing wrong with us yeah on a, on and off we you know take these posts or share these posts where we think we are talking about some mental issue and everything but be it everything we want to give this composed picture of who we are but if god is not actually telling you who you are you're going to be seeking for it lifelong everywhere and from anyone and everyone so church today today i want to ask you is your identity secure our identity is only secure in god and when we say our identity secure in god is just not a statement out there i love what it says in this verse if your identity is secure in god you'll know where and how to actually find it it says he habitually meditates day and night i don't know i'm here to confess i check my social media every day day and night i meditate on it probably day and night but is am i meditating enough on god's word to know that that's where my identity comes from church i'm asking you today because today if you want to be the trunk if you want to have a strong stem if you want to be the trunk in the garden in god's garden you know and you want to grow stronger every day you want to grow stronger by the year remember you know our lifetime is you know probably 70 80 90 till we close this eye on this earth you will soon realize that we have a long life to live we have a we have a race to run we are in it for the long haul and we need to grow every day i still remember in 96 when uh, i was sent to coimbatore to go and study you know in my uncle's house and you know uh, they were planting teak trees in the garden you know and then the gardener had told you know it's not about planting it it's about making sure that they grow and the the teak trees you know you could probably chop it off probably out of 40 45 years 50 years that's when you'll probably be able to get something for the tree 
but it will take the trunk has to grow you can't just gr let it grow for like 3 4 years and then chop it off and think you'll get anything of value on it so today when we are on this long haul god wants to shape our identity and god doesn't shape our, it's not a statement where he says you know you're my child so okay you're done no it grows it grows on you so even as i said our identity cannot be from what everyone else is saying or what we are trying to portray our identity only comes from god it's it's interesting that we're living in a generation where we are so caught up with the social media times today we want to make sure that you know we are not missing out on anything we want to make sure that we are aware we make sure our notifications are all set we make sure you know we have subscribed to every rss feed so that we are alerted when something is popping up of uh, you know areas that we care about or things that we really are concerned about or you know blindly let's just say we just follow and we are crazy about but today i want to take you further because the if our identity is going to be placed on social media you'll soon realize you're working tirelessly your brain your strength your energy is all going to waste because you are finding it difficult to keep up you know i want to draw an example i was listening to a historian speak and he went on to say such that what crippled the entire roman civilization the romans 2000 years back were known for their water systems within the entire roman city and mind you in uh, 2000 years back the roman city as such had 1 million people and the next biggest city that we see after this in ancient history is in 1600s where it was in london where we saw uh, 1 million people actually be there in a city they had water systems in all in place but this i'm talking 2000 years back when the romans were literally ruling the world they had taken siege pretty much the whole of europe south asia and middle east and all that part and they had the brilliant water system in their city they had hot water in fact they had hot water pools they had cold water they had an entire sewage system built and they had built their entire system water system with uh, lead pipes that they had taken from all their colonies and so little i mean at that time there was no research but when archaeologists and when historians started and then later scientists went on to study that the entire civilization of the roman empire kind of crippled after they found that they were literally being intoxicated by lead because that were coming out from these lead pipes over the years the romans thought that because of their wealth because of the power because of their army and the size that they were that they had conquered everything they were really proud but slowly they were disintegrating inside they were wasting inside through their health being just caught up with all these toxins because of the lead pipes and even as i was reading that i was reminded that if we are not careful where our identity is from we will soon be disintegrating within we'll find emptiness a lot today you know trying to please people you'll soon realize that you're not you're not you're not happy yourself you're not having joy yourself you're there's something empty there's a vacuum inside you really are doubting okay do they really love me you know is there something that i'm not doing enough you will always come short so church today i'm going to ask you can we say that we are going to be true to who you've called us to be it's tough because today as much as we are living in this world as much as we say our identity is you know uh, who god says we are we struggle with it because we all have different roles today i have the role of being a father i have a role of being a husband i have a role of being a son i have a role of being a son in law 
and you know eventually we'll see as life grows we'll you know wear different hats time and again we'll be a father for a season and then when the kids leave you know your your uh, your you're you're more of a husband then and then you soon realize you're going to become a grandfather and then suddenly you're a widower there are different roles that you're going to be but that will not change my identity of who i am in jesus or who god says i am today a lot of us have been so caught up by the role a lot of us especially i see lot of parents who have been so caught up with being a parent with being you know you really want to be this amazing parent that you soon forget that who your identity is who god's called you to be and i would ask you today let's not mix that up if the first thing that has to be set in place is the fact that my identity has to be set in place and from that identity flows everything into my role because when it flows into that you'll know as a father you know this is how much i should do you'll know as a son you know what this is how much i should do because you'll really know your validation doesn't come from the different roles that you actually have but it comes from god above and soon you don't have this expectation you're not obligated and so on the long run you are going to be shaped to the trunk to that stem that god's calling you to be so that you will be able to flourish in the seasons that you have to flourish lot of us today are struggling with our identity the world has confused we forget and we fail to understand who god has created us to be and we automatically are you know leaning in towards the philosophies of the world in terms of identity god's created this beautiful identity for you ask him seek him we all have so many circumstances that we've gone through so many different roads we've journeyed no one story is the same everyone's story is so different and that's why it's important we all seek god and find out where our true identity is really is if we do not find that out we'll be in an unrest in our spirit lifelong the second part in terms of i've said is roles the second part which i feel our strongest identity which we forget to meditate you know we always put the backburner of what god actually is saying because we fail to go that is we our identity comes with all that we do and i i i'm a victim of this i strongly take my identity you know i used to take my identity from the things i did and then i soon realized you know what the things i'm doing is not unique there are so many others who are doing it but god wants to make sure our identity is so secure in him so that his characteristics starts rubbing off into things that i'm doing and the things that i'm doing eventually starts showing different aspects of god's identity through me and so a lot of us have wrapped our identity in the work that we do so if you notice uh, when you just ask how are you doing how's life going they immediately bring work into it a lot of us have wrapped our identity in the things that we've created in the ecosystems that we've built around us that we call that this is ours a lot of us have built our identity in the way we look the way we've built our homes the way we've uh, we own certain things the way we carry certain things no everything else everything else just comes down as a church if we want god to be our gardener if we want god to actually be the person who's tending to us he has to give us our identity and he will give you your identity if you choose to ask him 
you know and so today as i'm saying all this there's a particular order in which god wants us to operate when we have a secure identity in jesus it's security that flows into every aspect it's security that flows into our roles so suddenly you know as a husband i'm not going to get insecure suddenly as a father i'm not going to get insecure suddenly as a you know son i'm not going to get insecure when i'm secure in my identity with jesus it flows into the things that i do i have joy in the things that i do i have peace in the things that i do i have you know self control in the things that i do i have patience i have love so church today even as we take up our different roles as we do so many other things in all that spaces that god has placed us to be let us be clear in who is giving our identity one of the important things i also want to say is roles have a time constraint of them you know there's time bound whereas identity is lifelong you're going to pursue you're going to go you know people are going to know you through your entire life they'll want to see something consistent is your identity is they want to see that this person is you know something is different he has been so comfortable in who he is roles are time bound are we we are going to wear different hats for different seasons god will give us grace god will give us the courage but if our identity is secure we'll soon realize our roles are easier to handle another thing that god kind of reminded me time and again why we've elevated roles over identity is the fact that my generation especially uh, was called you know a fatherless generation lot of fathers had abandoned homes lot of fathers had chosen the easy way out lot of fathers had you know given up their calling of being a father and so they called our generation as a fatherless generation they called our generation because you know leaders didn't want to mentor this generation they felt you know they wanted to hold on to their leadership and so they were time and again lot of my friends kept saying hey who's your mentor who's your spiritual leader you know and so my generation went on this quest to find out you know we need to find a spiritual father for our generation we need to find a spiritual person for our generation but let me remind you that god above is our spiritual father he is our father in heaven but he is also a spiritual father let's not elevate someone else in that role and say you know what he is our spiritual because time and again we've seen man has his own limitations all of us have our own limitations yes people have revelation of what god's told them but that doesn't elevate them because of a role that they think that they are bigger no your identity is so important and so when we are secure in our identity we will soon realize who our spiritual father is and that's none other than the father above and when we habitually meditate on this book when we habitually meditate in this book day and night he will reveal mysteries to us he will reveal deeper secrets the holy spirit will bring open will open up these passages and speak to us psalm 68 verse 3 to 6 goes on to say but may the righteous be glad and rejoice before god may they be happy and joyful sing to god sing in praise of his name extol him who rides on the clouds rejoice before him his name is the lord a father to the fatherless a defender of widows is god in his holy dwelling god sets the lonely in families he leads out the prisoners with singing but the rebellious live in a sun scorched land 
as I was reading this passage, the psalm written by David, and as they are traveling, they are exalting God. And as they're exalting him, I love what it says. He's a father to a fatherless. And I was praying that prayer. Lord, I pray this over my generation. For all those of us who have called, who've said, no, we lack a fatherless generation. I pray that you would be their spiritual father. Because he'll know what to say, what not to say. He knows clearly what he has to say into our lives, into our deepest, darkest sides, which we've been lacking, which we've been so broken up by. He knows what to say. You know, it goes on to say he's a different of our widows. Lord of us at, at this point are broken in so many ways. A lot of us have broken relationships. A lot of us are broken in terms of our marital status. A lot of us are left alone because of the pandemic and because of our loved ones passing away. He is there. He is a close companion. Some of you probably the issues that have been happening at home, you are separated. He is still a God. He is still a spiritual father who is willing to hold on to you. It goes on to say that he sits lonely in families. God, when he starts working in your identity, will not leave you alone. He'll move you into a place where you'll be, you know, in community with others. And it says he leads out the prisoners with singing. I love because when you meet with the spiritual father, when you meet with God, he sets the captives free. And the song of freedom that comes out of your lips will be one which you can't contain, but you will have to tell everyone out. Can we just go further down and read from verse 19 onwards of Psalm 68? It says, Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. Our God is a God who saves from the sovereign Lord comes escape from death. I love verse 19, what it says. Praise be to the Lord, to God, our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. A so-called spiritual father who's on a roll, who's on this earth, will be able to only listen to you at a given time, at a given appointment. But we have a spiritual father who's saying here, I'll daily bear your burden. You wake up every day, you still feel that hurt is so real, it's so raw. He's still waiting to bear that burden. So church, I don't know how many of you are in this track of actually, you know, not clear in your identity. You've probably elevated your role. You've probably elevated what you do way above. But God's reminding you today, can your identity in him be secure? Because what he says is the final thing. I love what it says, the word I am. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. And so when he says he is your father and when he says you are his child, he really means it. He really means it. As I mentioned earlier, uh, I was staying in my uncle's house and growing up, there used to be this big old neem tree that came with the property that uh, the house was being constructed on. And as they were constructing, they decided to put a pavement next to the, next to the neem tree. And within a year, a little over a year, what happened was the pavement just cracked. The year, following year, it ripped apart, literally, because the roots were so strong. And when you see the trunk, the trunk is so big, your hands can't go around it, literally. You know, it's that wide. And it got me thinking, you know, this journey that we are called to do in this entire season that we are, this planted that God is wanting us to take uh, a note of and make sure that we are really planted in Him, is so that we'll grow into that kind of a place where we'll be wide enough to be so strong and we'll be so strong that anything else that comes across our way which is not of God our roots everything will crack it open 
there'll be nothing there. And one thing the enemy constantly is going to use, one thing that the enemy is constantly going to target us. I remember saying this even a week back earlier. He's out there with a mission. He's out there making sure, you know, he targets us. He hits us where it really hurts. And when he wants to hit us on our identity, the first thing that he is going to do is he's going to plant the seed of comparison. I don't know, but as Christ followers, the one thing that we have to intentionally say no to is comparison. We are not going to compare ourselves. I love that this part of this uh, series where we're talking about the trunk, no two trunks are the same. Even though they're growing on the same soil, even though they're getting the same nutrients, the same water, no two trunks are going to be the same. There will be something different about it. And similarly, there is going to be something different between you and me, between us and everyone else around. Are we willing to listen to God so that we will stop comparing? One of the things that Satan does with comparing is he brings in, you know, he starts saying, you know, I think that person is better. And then you start feeling insecure. That insecurity slowly builds on and becomes jealousy. That jealousy slowly, you know, works within you. And you, it just doesn't stop you. You start speaking ill of them. And then you they just fall down from who God's really created them to be within your eyes. And they fall down to a lower, you know, strata literally. And you start looking down on them. And before we know it, we start speaking death over their identity. And God's calling us, can we as Christ followers rise up to be secure in our identity in him so that we'll speak life. There's a beautiful verse which goes on to say in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, Your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. And the talkative person will reap the consequences. As I mentioned earlier, when we talk, we can either kill or we can either give life. When we compare, when we start comparing, as I mentioned, it gives insecurity, jealousy. It slowly brings into a place where there's disunity. What God actually had, is planning to bring together so that his plan and purposes will, bring, will be fulfilled. So that there'll be something bigger that comes out of this because of this whole dart of the enemy that is on identity where we start comparing and seeing things. He attacks and literally it crumbles. So church today, as we take this step, as we take this step, can we remain true to what God is calling us to be? It's very important. And in turn, we'll have to meditate on his word habitually. As we wake up every day, as we go to bed every day, may we habitually meditate on his word. Find your sweet spot. Find whatever way works for you. If you say, you know, you like listening to God's word, listen to God's word. Because deep down in your heart, it's going to some place. I was editing a video this week and this person said, you know, there are sound waves that are coming into the earth. And so every time God's word is spoken, you know, it's, it's listened to, but I'm sure it's getting deposited somewhere. And at the right time, the Holy Spirit is going to bring. So find ways in which you could, so find ways in which you can engage with God. Find ways, find that quiet time so that it becomes a habit. So that at the end of it, your identity is not a question. So are you willing to remain true to who God says you are? The second part of being a healthy trunk in God's kingdom is, are we going to stand firm the way God has designed us? 
Yes, are we willing to stand firm the way God has designed us? Let's move on and read from Psalm 1, chapter 3. It goes on to say, He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree. When we are actually in God's garden and when we are listening to God, we will stand firm like a flourishing tree. And because we are standing firm, we will be planted by God's design. We will be deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss and we will be bearing fruit in every season. And this is a beautiful promise he gives if we are planted in his garden. And it goes on to say, he is never, that is, we will be never dry. We will never faint. We will be ever blessed and we will be ever prosperous. Just imagine, you know, I uh, visually I was just picturing, if you're in God's garden, water will be there 24-7. If you are in God's garden, there is going to be nutrients around. If you are in God's garden, he's going to show up. If he's the gardener, he's going to show up. You know, I want us to read another passage from John chapter 15, verses uh, 1 and then verse uh, 5 to 11 onwards. We'll first read verse 1. It goes on to say in the Amplified Version, I am the true wine and my father is the wine dresser. I am the true wine and my father is the wine dresser. I love how it says true wine. You know, today we have camouflage versions of Jesus showing up in so many other places that we hold on to. Even as I read earlier in Psalm chapter 1 verse 3, he will be standing firm like a flourishing tree. We will be standing firm because we know whose garden we are in. And so today, it's important to know, are we really being, you know, in oneness with Jesus? Are we really being in oneness? Which means, am I having a personal experience of Jesus? Or is this Jesus, you know, my wife's Jesus? Or my father and mother's Jesus? Or my community's Jesus? Or my church's friend's Jesus? Or these account that I'm following of certain, you know, well-known preachers, is, is, is it that they are Jesus? No, he has to be your Jesus. I am the true wine. And my father is the wine dresser. I love and I want to start off there saying that if we really acknowledge Jesus, we'll really acknowledge the fact that God the father is the wine dresser. And even as I go, I'm just going to read the definition of a wine dresser. You know, I'm not, uh, I have to admit here that I'm not heavily into botany. I'm not into gardening, you know. And so I had to do a lot of research on this. And, you know, so for me, when I was just trying to find out a lot of these informations of garden and all this with the wine dress and everything, it just kind of blew my mind because I never looked at it like this. And so this is the meaning of wine dresser. It says a person who cultivates and prunes grape wines. And so I just took these two meanings, you know, cultivates, you know, I've been watching a, a show on all about farming. And it says, when you look at the farmer, they're intentional. You know, they show up every time. They don't take a break because they know that they have to do certain things to make sure that their plants are growing, that their plants are, make, uh, are you know, protected from uh, swarms of different insects or, you know, making sure that they are, you know, ready to, for yield. They will show up. There's a author who actually um, 
is part of the farming community you know and so uh, she had put up a post a few months back where she became sick and she had to ask her sister to come and help her to take her to emergency because her husband and kids had to go back into farming because the rains were coming they had to farm acres and acres and it got me thinking you know what as a farmer so we are dependent on a gardener and we uh, when we are in this garden we need a person who will show up and even as i read that earlier verse he is you know we can daily give our burdens to him god is going to be there every day you don't have to be worried he's going to make sure he comes there and you know at the end of it god wants us to grow so that we'll be this beautiful tree flourishing in his garden and if we are planted in his garden he will take care of it which means i love what it says a vine dresser is a person who cultivates and a person who prunes you know a, a pruning is a beautiful art when you see the gardeners prune they know which part of the stem or which part of the branch to beautifully cut they cut it in an angle and they do it so well and i believe that god is shaping us till we close our eyes here on this earth or till we see him face to face when he comes he is going to be pruning us as much as he cultivates he makes sure we are doing good he you know he's daily there to listen to our burdens you know to listen to our cries to hear all our petitions all that is good but he's also a god who prunes and the more we read up on it you'll soon realize that pruning is a tough job pruning is a painful job pruning hurts pruning is literally you know whatever you thought was your dreams is suddenly just chopped off but god knows that there's something even more beautiful that's going to come there's been seasons in my life that i've seen where god's really just pruned me especially when i've had you know when i've been proud of really something where i've looked down on people where i've thought so highly of myself i've immediately seen god prune that dependency that weird dependency that i've had on something else apart from god has been pruned because i chose to stay in the garden and i believe god cared for me and the journey after that has been lonely has been tough has been one where i felt is a setback but god's been encouraging me to take the next step and god wants us to realize that every step of the way after he's pruned is for us to grow stronger not weaker every time he prunes us it's not for us to take a step back and we we'll say you know god we are happy with this stunted growth no is for us to even grow further when we are pruned it's just not that we yield you know tenfold but god wants us to expects us to yield a hundredfold and he'll keep pruning us till we reach that god has the best plans ahead for us are we willing to give it to the master i'm going to read continue reading from verse 5 it goes on to say i am the vine you are the branches the one who remains in me and i in him bears much fruit for otherwise apart from me that is cut off from vital union with me you can do nothing i love the second half of the fifth verse which it says apart from me apart from jesus apart from being planted in god's garden that is cut off from vital union with me you can do nothing let's jump to verse 7 it goes on to say if you remain in me and my words remain in you that is we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you i love what we heard last week as tina was saying that we have to be infused with jesus which means you know when 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 those iv lines are running in you know you're you're not physically eating anything but he's just 
you know, nourishing you. And this is what it means here. You know, the minute we are in him and his words are in us, we are united and the message just flows in and through us. But the minute we say, you know, God, we don't want you anymore. We are literally chopping off and saying, God, we don't want anything. We are going to survive this on our own. We immediately are, you know, isolating ourselves from God's protection, from God's care. And we do get beaten up by the different conditions that the world throws at us, the different conditions that we start choosing till we realize that we need more of Jesus. So even as we continue on this journey, it's important that are we going to be in the garden? Are we going to be in the garden and allow God to design us so that we can stand firm? Just imagine, no? you know, the more we draw closer to him, the more he starts revealing and he gives us a strength to stand firm. I don't know how many of you, I, I feel today, a lot of our convictions today of this generation is just on loose soil. It's so much on loose soil because we want to please everyone. But as I said earlier, if our identity is secure in Jesus, we'll be only focused on pleasing Jesus. We'll be only focused on making sure that God is happy with our choices and are we standing firm? I've... Uh, for some reason, I uh, ended up looking at this video of uh, wine cork, you know, how that's made. And 40% of the world uh, wine corks are being made in Portugal. And there's a special tree uh, that, you know, is uh, actually called the oak uh, cork. You know, that they, uh, the, the oak that is used out of that is, is, they literally make the cork out of that. And this has been happening for the last 400, 500 years. You know, it's been happening and there's uh, and it's interesting to see the facts that came out of this. So the government has regulated this entire thing. So people just can't go and harvest a tree whenever they feel like. So the minute you plant a tree, it takes 15 years for the tree to actually come to a stage where it can be harvested. The first harvest happens in 15 years. The second harvest can happen after seven years. But the beautiful thing that came out of this was the best harvest that comes out of a tree to get the perfect wine cork is at 33 years. And it's interesting. They don't use any modern machinery in this. They use the good old axe. And it's interesting. They, uh, the documentary goes on and they're interviewing a farmer and he says, you can easily see how experienced a farmer is. And so the shot goes and you see so many old people who are actually, you know, uh, harvesting the tree. And it's interesting when the minute they hit the axe onto the trunk, there's a particular depth in which and a force in which they hit. And as they start opening up the bark, the later the entire tree is literally, you know, naked because the entire bark is gone. And it takes seven years for the tree to go back. And it takes seven years for the tree to grow that back. And it just got me thinking, the more we are in this garden, the more we are called to, you know, do whatever God's calling us to do, there are going to be seasons where God is going to keep pruning us, shaping us. God is going to probably going to be like, you know, removing our bark so that it gets much better. Are we committed for it for the long haul? Are we willing to stand firm so that we will give ourselves into the master designer's hand so that he can weave, he can shape, he can make us this beautiful tree so that in the right time we'll bear fruit. In the right time we'll be flourishing. Are we willing to stand firm? Proverbs chapter 19 verse 20 goes on to say, Listen to counsel 
receive instruction and accept correction that you may be wise in the time to come you know one of the things of standing firm is the fact that we are willing to accept correction even as i explained earlier about the farmers taking the bark out there are going to be seasons where god is going to discipline us are we willing to stand firm still and receive god's correction in proverbs it says listen to counsel receive instruction and accept correction it's easy to listen it's easy to receive but it's really tough to accept correction but god's calling us will we give ourselves to the master gardener so that he can correct us wherever whichever whenever hebrews chapter 12 verse 5 to 12 i know it's a lot of verses but i would love for us to read because i feel this is something that we nearly need to live our lives by and it goes on to say and have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you as his children he said my child don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the lord god or get depressed when he has to correct you for the lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love and when he draws you to himself it proves you are his delightful child fully embrace god's correction as a part of your training for he is doing what any loving father does for his children for who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected we all should welcome god's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship for if we have never once endured his correction it only proves we are strangers and not sons and isn't it true that we respect our earthly fathers even though they corrected and disciplined us then we should demonstrate an even greater respect for god our spiritual father as we submit to his life giving discipline our parents corrected us for the short time of our childhood as it seemed good to them but god corrects us throughout our lives for our own good giving us an invitation to share his holiness now all discipline seems to be painful at the time yet later it will produce a transformation of character bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it so be made strong even in your weakness by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship and strengthen your weak knees for as you keep walking forward on god's paths all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed there's so much in this as a father i know what correction does as a father i know what discipline is as a son i've received discipline and i love what the word says that you know parents corrected us for a short time but the commitment here is beautiful something which we all have to probably ask god to give us the strength but god corrects us throughout our lives for our own good giving us an invitation to share his holiness would you just not listen to his counsel would you just not receive his instruction but would you accept his correction i love what it says even as i pointed out in the first point earlier we are lacking fathers today you know to really be on this earth we really need to look to our spiritual father it goes on to say in the earlier verse that we read in verse 9 our spiritual father as we submit to his life giving discipline today let us not listen to the voices outside because you know they seem sweet to us they seem so pleasant to hear 
but let us submit to a God who has the best interests for us, who's willing to, you know, correct us so that we'll be much better than where we are at today. And I love verse 12. I've, I've, I've read verse 12 a lot, you know, and when I read it in these lines that, you know, when we are corrected by God, when we are, you know, uh, when we are disciplined by God, we actually get an invitation to share with this holiness. So it goes on to say in verse 12, so be made strong even in your weakness. Because when we are corrected, you know, we don't receive correction uh, and then, you know, we are not so happy 100%. We are not like with that josh to say, you know what, let's go live the life. We get dejected. We fall back. We, you know, we go into a shell. So verse 12 is an encouragement for all of us who are there in that season right now where God's probably, you know, you know, uh, changing something in us, disciplining some area in our life. Be encouraged so that you'll be made strong even in your weakness by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship and strengthen your weak knees. For as you keep walking around on God's path, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. Amen. Church, I don't know about you, but I'm so excited for what God's going to do in, in and through this series. He's really changing so many paradigms. I believe a lot of homes are going to be changed because of the decisions that you're making right now, of asking him to be the wine dresser in your life. A lot of important decisions in your own personal lives are going to be changed because you're willing to attach yourself to the true wine who is Jesus. A lot of you who've been running around like headless chickens looking for answer are going to find your spiritual father are going to find that the longer you meditate day and night, the longer you start soaking in your his words into you, the longer you run his words and they are fused into you, you will soon realize that you are his. Identity comes from God. So church, even before we close, even right now, I just want us to really go through those two points again. To be that healthy trunk in God's kingdom, in God's garden. Are we going to remain true to what God says we are? Are we going to remain true no matter what happens around, no matter what people have spoken, no matter what people have, you know, kind of labeled us, will we remain true to the great I am of what he says that we are so that our identity will be secure? The second thing is, are we willing to stand firm the way God has designed us? Because he's constantly going to be doing something and our spirit man should be willing our minds should be willing that we just won't listen but we'll also accept correction and we know that he's doing it for our good so that we will be invited into his holiness. So church, even as we step into this week, can I ask if you can commit your lives today? Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we commit our lives to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word which brings alive, Lord Jesus, everything that we have to hear. And I pray, Holy Spirit, as we all make decisions, Lord Jesus, in our own personal lives, I pray that, Lord, our identity will be set in you, Lord Jesus. Our identity will be who you say we are, Lord. I pray this week, Lord, will be one where each of us will be able to open the word. We'll be able to read your word, Lord Jesus. We'll be able to meditate on it and we'll be able to lean in and say, this is who Jesus is saying I am. This is who Jesus is saying that I am right now. I'm not going to take up all these labels. And I pray even right now, in Jesus' name, we break every label. We break every dominion. We break every stronghold that the enemy has done. The enemy has used. The enemy has allowed people to speak over 
each of your children right now, Lord. And we speak freedom into them, Lord. I pray for freedom to come into their lives. I pray for freedom, Lord, to birth in, Lord Jesus, so that they'll be like prisoners who are going out, singing and worshipping you, Lord, for who you've called them to be, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, for the fact that, Lord, you've said that we can stand firm in your garden right now. And I pray that, Lord, even as we are standing firm, we give ourselves to you wholeheartedly. That, Lord, you would, that we would listen to you that we will accept your correction, that you would discipline us so that we'll be able to walk more closer to you, so that we'll be able to move into this place where we'll be able to flourish on your terms. We'll be able to give our lives and our expectations and everything that we have into your beautiful hands, Lord. We pray that you would go before us, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, for each and every one that, Lord, you would fall afresh right now, Lord, in their homes right now. I pray for every confusion to come to a standstill so that they'll have peace in their homes, Lord. I pray, Lord, for a divine intervention, Lord, for where confusion has caused them to look to different things, Lord Jesus, for an answer. That, Lord, you will bring your rhema word, Lord Jesus, into their lives and they will see you for who you are and that they will see you for who you're calling them to be, Lord. I pray for peace, for joy, for love to abound in each and every home right now, Lord Jesus. I pray for the food and the water to be blessed. I pray for each and every one, Lord, even when they're going out and they're coming in, that they'll be protected, Lord Jesus. I pray that, Lord, you will shower your blessings upon your children so that they'll be able to give you the glory and in turn that they'll be able to share it across with many around and depict and show and be a witness and a testimony of you, Lord Jesus, in this hurting world. We thank you, Lord. Be with us and bless us. Go before us, Lord. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. May the love of the Father, the grace of his only Son, Jesus Christ, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. So church, even as you step into this week, our prayer is that, that you'll be rooted in him, that you will stand firm in him, and that you'll lean into God and you'll trust him with his word of who he says you are. Because I strongly believe that God has great plans in store for you. The only thing is, will you commit yourself completely to God's hands so that he'll be able to be the gardener. He'll be able to be the wine dresser for you so that at the right time, you'll be able to have a bountiful harvest and many around you will be blessed. Have a blessed week and God bless you all. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.